athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Thank you for joining me on another edition of the program. A lot to get to. We've got college football. We've got National Football League to get to today here on the program. Week five of the HBCU and college football season. Week four is upon us of the National Football League season. And some of the games last week in the NFL, I I was at the Commanders and the Bills game as a fan, uh, as a a fan, of course, and never – uh, never saw that coming, but I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen has really stepped his game up and taken it to another level this year. Uh, while there are some things I think the commanders could have done better from a defensive perspective, including uh, putting pressure on Allen, you look at the pass completion percentage, like his pass completion percentage is way up this year. That was one of the more of the deficiencies maybe in his game. Uh, that was one of them. And he didn't even run the football. Like I expected him to run the football and uh, expected the Bills to use him in terms of rushing the football uh, a little bit more this year. But that was not the case. And I mean, if you look at some of the, uh, you know, some of the games, I mean, I think the 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 Ravens uh, game and the Colts game, I mean, that was a bit of a surprise. I don't know that uh, many saw that coming, especially uh, without uh, with Richardson not there um, at the quarterback position. Um, so it, it was an interesting week three in the National Football League as we look forward uh, to week four um, in the National Football League as well. Listen, you can participate here on Box to Row. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Um, today, joining us on the program... Norfolk State head football coach Dawson Odom is going to join us on the program. And remember, um, one of the things that I was talking about with respect to Norfolk State, okay, bad loss. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, I guess if you're looking at the whole FCS and Division II thing, yeah, bad loss to Virginia State to open the season Labor Day weekend, okay? But as we know now, Virginia State's got a very good football team. The Trojans are 4-0 on the season. Of course, we had Dr. Henry Frazier, the head coach of Virginia State, on the program a couple of weeks ago. So the Trojans are rocking and rolling it. And listen, there are div- there are Division II teams that can beat FCS programs. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, Benedict is one of those programs, I think, that is very, very good that can beat 
Um, a lot of FCS programs, or not a lot, but uh, some FCS programs um, as well. So let's get that out of the way. But as mentioned, the way that Norfolk State responded the next week against Hampton, okay, who was coming off a victory over Grambling up in New Jersey the previous week. And by the way, a Hampton team that the following week after falling to Norfolk State defeated Howard, who at that time had played Eastern Michigan well to start the season and obliterated Morehouse as it should have. Okay, so, you know, again, you're talking about a Norfolk State team that uh, against that ran the football against Towson. Okay, that ran the football against Towson for almost 400 yards, for almost 400 yards in that football game. So, you know, listen, Dawson Odoms is an outstanding football coach. Not He's a he's a outstanding football coach. L- listen, I get it. You know, it didn't work out at Southern. I mean, they, he did win a SWAC uh, championship in 2013 and. Uh, for those that may remember, I mean, if you've been listening to this show for any number of years, I mean, we've had Dawson Odoms on this show going back probably to 2012, his first year uh, when he took over. Now, if you remember, Stump Mitchell was the head coach at Southern. They had gotten off to the 0-2 start. It was a bad loss against Mississippi Valley State, a really bad loss on on, on ESPNU. Um, and he was fired, meaning Stump Mitchell was fired after that football game. Entered Dawson Odoms. All he does is, you know, and and, and I don't remember exactly what Southern did, but Southern was very competitive. Um, I think he led them to maybe a six and five record. It was a winning season. So, you know, if you figure 0 and 2, 6 and 5, so they went 6 and, you know, 6 and 3 with him as the head coach the first year. The next year, Southern wins the SWAC championship, okay? But along the way, um, you know, you had some really good teams. I mean, Grambling won a couple of SWAC championships shortly thereafter. Alcorn State then became the dominant team in the SWAC. And, and, and right now, I don't think the SWAC is as competitive now. It's not, um, actually, as it was during, you know, from, from let's say, from 2012 uh, until 2019. The SWAC was dominant, you know, ever since Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman have joined the SWAC as a whole. Because last year, I mean, again, the reason Florida A&M did not make the FCS playoffs last year is because the SWAC wasn't very good. So, you know, the committee looked at that, and I didn't think, quite frank, frankly, Florida A&M deserved to get in. But my point is, back then, the SWAC was very competitive. So, so I know the expectation at Southern, and, and and rightfully so. Listen, Southern's got a great fan base, one of the great fan bases in all of the FCS, one of the great, the top two in HBCU football. So it's a great fan base, and they want their team to win. I get that, I got it. Um, but look, Dawson Odoms and Southern was going, well, they were going up against some powerhouses and Grambling back to back swag championships. Alcorn State was a powerhouse too. But the thing about it, Southern was was right there. They were right there. Seven and four records, you know, eight and three records. Just couldn't get over, quite get over the hump, you know, against the Grambling. So, 
uh, you know, it didn't work out for Dawson Odoms, and my whole point is, didn't work out for Dawson Odoms. Um, he comes over to Norfolk State um, first season. Norfolk State's what six and five. I mean, probably should have been in the uh, should have been in the celebration bowl. Kind of faltered down the stretch a little bit. I um, mean, then last year was just I think an aberration for uh, Dawson Odoms because if you go back and look at his career, I believe that was his first losing season was last year, and right now, okay, you okay lost to Virginia State. I got it. Next week, come back and beat Hampton. Then last or the following week or the next week after the Hampton win, you lose to Temple. You're playing up. You're playing an AAC opponent. Then to come back next week and beat Towson. Now, I I think a lot of people look at the CAA and think every single team in the CAA is good. So if you get a CAA win, then you've really done something. And I'm not, I don't know how good Towson is, but, Perception a lot of times is reality. So if you're Norfolk State and the perception is the CAA is great and you beat Towson, then I mean it's a it's a big win. But it's a regardless of whether it's a you know whether the CAA is or whether the Towson is great or not, it's still a really good win because you get a win um, out of conference against a like FCS opponent, and I think that's very important. Right, we can talk about beating other HBCUs and that type of thing, but you can get a, a win like like what Alcorn State was able to do previously to McNe uh, la, um, the the week before to McNeese State. That was a big win for Alcorn State. So um, Dawson Odoms in his third season as the head football coach at Norfolk State, he's going to join us today here on the program. You know, speaking of uh, of uh, of Alcorn State, I mean that was a big win by Prairie View A and M last week. Over Alcorn State. Huge win. Prairie View AM bounces back after a couple of really tough losses um, to get that victory and sit now in the driver's seat in the SWAC's Western Division. Look at it. You're 2 0. You open the season against Texas Southern with the victory and you come and beat Alcorn State. Those are both division games. So it's wide open. For Prairie View A&M right now. I mean, now, yeah, still a lot of season left to play. I mean, Southern still is going to have something to say. Hasn't really gotten into, um, well, did win um, Southern beat uh, Alabama State, but hasn't gotten to division play. So, but but my point is, you know, if you are right now, okay, if you're Prairie View A&M, it's a lot of season left to play, but you're two up on everybody else. Right now, so I mean, I think that was a really, really big win um, for the Panthers on last week. So I mean, we got a lot to get to on today's program. Um, some more national, some National Football League talk today uh, on the program, and let me right now because I was going to look at the um, the coaches and media polls, but we will come back to that because right now, what I want to do here on Box to Row is acknowledge the HBCU National Players of the Week as we do each and every week. First player is Florida A&M linebacker Isaiah Major. Phenomenal game. 12 tackles, 11 of those solo. Okay, had a pick six, 40 yards, uh, uh, interception return for the touchdown that sealed the deal for the Rattlers in the Rattlers' 23-10 win uh, over Alabama State. 
Uh, so he had a really good game. One of the HBCU National Players of the Week. And then the other, Brian Greer, the linebacker from Fayetteville State. Ten tackles in the game, six of those solo. A forced fumble, a fumble recovery, a tackle for loss. And by the way, the, the forced fumble and the fumble recovery was uh, in the fourth quarter with Virginia Union driving deep in Fayetteville State territory to try at that time to take the lead. It was a 7-7 game. Uh, Virginia, uh, Fayetteville State ended up winning that game 10-7 on a field goal with six seconds remaining. And that may be the uh, CIAA, a preview of the CIAA championship game. So we'll see. But you can learn more about both of these young men, Brian Greer, Greer of Fayetteville State, Isaiah Major of Florida A&M, by logging on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Still to come here on the program... Dawson Odoms, the head football coach, but we got plenty more to talk about. Keep it locked. Aggie fans, North Carolina A&T football returns home for Community Appreciation Day on Saturday, October 7th against Villanova. Kickoff is at 4 p.m. Come out to Aggieland for free community services, including a flu shot clinic, health screenings, and a mobile mammogram unit. Purchase your tickets online at ncatagies.com and adhere to the clear bag policy. You can also call the ticket office at 336-334-7749. That's Saturday, October 7th at 4 p.m. NCANT versus Villanova. See you there, Aggie Pride. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, and Barica Soul. Box to Road. Box to Road.com. Is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews. To the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Road.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Road.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Yo, Joe, let's kick it on the one block. And we don't stop making records of people of code. Checking and respect standing because it rocks. The sales won't stop. Those of the doctor. 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 And I'm the diggy diggy dot, y'all. Pumping the jet, y'all. Still to come here on Box to Row. Norfolk State head football coach, Dawson Odoms. Thank you for making Box to Row a part of your day. So glad to have you today, whether you're listening to Pittsburgh on WGBN. Big shots out 
to our affiliate, our longtime affiliate in Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, those listening to us in Tampa on WURK, those listening to us in our nation's capital on WHBC, the HD3 station of WHUR. Again, thank you for making Botch to Row a part of your day. So, you know, you look back, you look at, the Dolphins putting a 70-piece on the Broncos, a 70-piece on the Broncos. I think it's a little bit – it's obviously the Dolphins have a high-octane, high-powered offense. There's no doubt about that. That's a very, very good football team. But that's a bad Broncos defense. Okay, Had a chance to see them up uh, – not up close, but watch them when the Broncos and the Commanders played two weeks ago. Okay, when – uh, when when the commanders uh, when the Broncos had a commanding lead, if you will, and then uh, of course the commanders got themselves together the latter part of the of the uh, first half, and then into the second half, and ultimately pulled that game out. Um, what's going on there? And, and and that's something I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, and and talked with uh, talked with Steve White about, you know, uh, Sean Payton. And Russell Wilson, will this work out? Well, you know, I, I you know, I, to this point, it's not working out great. Although, again, the defense is like you give up seventy points in the week before, you give all those points to the Commanders, who who are solid. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think they're that's that's not a great offense. It's a solid offense, but it's an offense that was able to 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 put some points up on the board against a bad. Broncos football team so a lot of question marks there uh, so far in Denver but I think really it's the defense um, that's the problem there in Denver you know even though it was a surprising victory by the Cardinals over the Cowboys and and by the way um, you look at the NFC East uh, now the Eagles are rocking and rolling but you've got Dallas at two and one. You've got Washington uh, at two and one also, um, and, and uh, you've got the Giants at one and two. And remember, just a couple of years ago, we were we were we were joking about this being the NFC least. I mean, obviously, we're only three games into a seventeen game season. Anything can happen. But with respect to the Cardinals, that's uh, again. I think I said it last week, man, that's a, that's a football team that plays hard, you know, and eventually was going to come out and eventually did come out with a really, really big win. That's a big win by the Cardinals over the Cowboys and definitely one uh, that was of surprise. You know, it was good to see the Steelers get back into the, get into the win column with the victory uh, over the Raiders. It wasn't pretty, but uh, the job got done. So it was good to see, um, the Steelers, uh, well, get another win, I should say. Uh, the Steelers to get another win um, on the season, two and one um, on the season. And, and 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 listen, we don't know how that AFC North is going to go because right now, Cincinnati was uh, you know was able to squeak by in its victory Monday night over the Rams. Okay, and 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 it was the Bengals' first victory of the season, so that. You know, the Bengals aren't looking great right now. Then you look at, um, as I mentioned, to open uh, to open the show, you look at the Ravens and the Ravens 
falling to the Colts. That was a bit of a surprise right there as well. So that AFC North is definitely uh, big time. The, the, the Bears, for my Bears fans, like what's happening there in Chicago? Justin Fields is just not getting it done. 41, I mean, they fall to the Chiefs. I mean, they got obliterated by the Chiefs. I mean, 41 points, so you know, and only able to score 10. No offense, no defense. Um, that was a team that everybody thought was going to take that next step because, again, if you're a Bears fan, you heard it all year. Okay, this what they're going to do. I mean, it's not that they were tanking, per se. It just wasn't a very good football team last year, but they had all of this money, okay? A lot of money to be able to go out and sign free agents. And to this point, right, it, it, it is a marathon, not a sprint, but we, I mean, it, it, you thought you would have seen some improvement by the Bears, and that simply has not been the case to this point. And so that's a bit of a surprise uh, when you look at that uh, as well. The team we, we're here in North Carolina, the Panthers, okay, fall to 0-3. You know, Bryce Young not ready. And right now, at least, of course, he didn't play uh, in, this, in this loss on Sunday. But when you weren't hearing great things, like I didn't hear great things or a lot of positive things coming out of, Panthers camp I mean I heard some good things coming out of rookie camp but once you got into training camp you didn't hear many positive things coming out of camp and then you look at the preseason wasn't great but again we look at these quarterbacks and we want them to be able to excel right away it's a play now league when back a while ago you would sit and learn uh, but it's a play now league and I think I think part of it is because you want the guys to play now. They're earning a bunch of money. Um, you want to develop them early. Um, but I think the other thing is, is you've got, unlike yesteryear, you, you've got some solid, like a lot of the a lot of the, the backup quarterbacks to a lot of these guys. I mean, Andy Dalton, for example, with the Panthers, was a starting quarterback. A lot of these guys that are backup quarterbacks now were once starters or have the ability uh, to be starters, so it, it, I think there's a bit of a parachute there. I mean, you could look at it doing it the reverse way, but again, these guys, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's now. We got to develop them now. They're making this money. We got to play now. Blah blah blah, and that's how it's going. So you have these guys that are backups that have are fringe starters basically, um, but we'll see. Like I'm, not, you know, Bryce Young is off to the slow start, unfortunately for the Panthers who have a decent defense, going to have to go up um, against a Viking uh, football team at home uh, this Sunday. So, you know, we'll see um, how things play out. You know, the Buccaneers off to not a bad start. I mean, uh, you know, two and one, yeah, they dropped the game to the Eagles, but every, I mean, a lot of teams are going to drop, the, drop a game to the Eagles uh, this year. I think the Buccaneers are better than, you know, I thought they may be. This year, because I, you know, if I said, okay, who's going it, to, it's wide open, but of the four teams, I, you know, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers, to me, my bottom team would have been the Buccaneers. And by the way, Baker Mayfield playing much better, much better 
than I thought that Baker Mayfield uh, would really be playing. So, you know, you've got some key games here. I don't think the Cardinals are going to beat the 49ers. Um, 49ers are really, really good. Like, to me, with all due respect to the Eagles right now, to me, the best-looking team, top to bottom, uh, offense, defense, special teams, right now are the um, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and, and so uh, I, don't, I don't think that that's going to be you know, a game – uh, where uh, uh, the Cardinals are going to upset the 49ers. But, uh, but anyway, I mean, I'm telling you, the 49ers are looking really, really good right now. Man, uh, we, we've, we've been deprived. And, and by the way, in New York with the Jets, I mean, both New York teams aren't doing well. But look, the Giants aren't getting the press right now because Zach Wilson is just not the guy. Okay, they're bringing in... The, the Jets are bringing in quarterbacks. I mean, I guess you're going to have to kind of roll with him. Like, you can see that he's got the talent, but he's just not the guy right now. And, you know, things are not going well for the Jets. We've been deprived of seeing what we thought was going to be an outstanding football game between the Chiefs and the Jets. Okay, Sunday night. Um, instead, it's not, you know, no Aaron Rodgers. So, no, it's not going to be um, a great football game. But uh, but it, 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 things are things are not looking well in New York for the Jets um, at all. So, I mean, some interesting games. I mean, I look at, you know, I look at my team, the Commanders, um, going to be on the road against Philadelphia. That's, that's going to be a tall task. It, this was a Commanders team that did beat the Eagles last year. Um, surprised everyone, especially after coming off a huge loss. I think the Cowboys put up like 40 points and 40 points on the commanders last year. Um, I, I don't know, but, but again, I'm interested to see, I mean, we got a lot of really compelling games. Uh, well, not really. I mean, let me take that back. Not, not really. There's not a lot of compelling games um, this weekend, but perhaps your team, um, you're excited about your team and what your team has done three games into the season or the opponent that your team has um, this week. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on you can hit me up on Facebook as well, uh, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one Still to come here on BoxToRow, uh, the head football coach of Norfolk State, Dawson Odom's going to join us. And by the way, uh, continue to be patient with us with respect to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I'm dealing with some family issues right now, so I'm not able to really get to it uh, every day. I'll get to it as I can. Have patience with us, and thank you for your support, your continued support of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on the Box to Row YouTube channel. By the way, other great content there. Check it out. Or on BoxToRow.com. Again, other great content on BoxToRow.com. So we're going to step aside, take the break. I, we may be joined by Dawson Odoms in the next segment, but uh, it, it may be actually uh, in the last segment. Either way, don't move. More of Box to Row is on the way. 
This is your weekly edition of the HBCU Blitz, powered by Box to Row. I'm Donald Ware. First, I'm going to take you to Lorman, Mississippi, for a big SWAC Western Division matchup between Alcorn State and Prairie View A&M. Alcorn State trailed 20-13 to 13 with about four minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. And this is what happened when they had possession. Allen flushed out to his right. Looks, throws, we're out here, and it's a catch. Rogers down the sideline. Rogers to the 20. To the 15. To the 10. He scores. Touchdown. Malik Rogers from 50 yards out. The extra point was good, and we were tied at 20 apiece. Now, we're going to move to within seconds of the fourth quarter. Prairie View A&M trying to win the game on a field goal. Snapback ball down, kick is up. Plenty of distance, and the field goal is good. The Panthers with a walk-off field goal, and they win it 23-20. to Garcia, Rodriguez, Guillermo with a 46-yard field goal for PV, who wins the ball game 23-20. to That's my man, Charles Edmond on WPRL. Now, let's go to Tallahassee, Florida for the matchup between Alabama State and Florida A&M. The Rattlers had the 14-3 lead early in the third quarter, but Alabama State was on the move. Going to be under pressure. Fires across the middle, and it's going to be caught out of ricochet to the Alabama State wide receiver. He's going to score the touchdown. Asa Gregg on the 47-yard reception from Damon Stewart, and the Hornets pulled to within 14-10. to 10. Now, we're going to move to the fourth quarter. Florida A&M with the 17-10 to 10 lead. Alabama State with possession and driving. Quarterback pulls back, fire. Interception. Interception. Interception for Florida A&M. He's still running. He's down to the 10. It's going to be a touchdown. Fam, you touchdown Rattlers. Big play in there for the Rattlers to turn this game around. Isaiah Major. That was Melvin Bill on the Fam U Sports Network. 40-yard interception return for Isaiah Major, the HBCU National Player of the Week. The Rattlers would go on to defeat Alabama State 23-10. Now, to Brunswick, Georgia, for the HBCU Classic matchup between Albany State and Savannah State. We're going to pick things up with about 10 minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Albany State clinging to a 9-6 lead and possession deep in Savannah State territory. Knowles ready to go, and they're going to throw a little quick screen, and that's going to be a touchdown. Love it. Ralph Lovett with the TD. That was my main man, Freddie Fresh Suttles, on the Albany State Sports Radio Network. The five-yard touchdown pass gave the Golden Rams the 15-6 lead. They would hold on to defeat Savannah State 15-12. Golden Rams make it two straight victories. And in Santa Clara... Daniel Jones back, it's hit, and he is sacked by the Grave Digger. Sunday, 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 the The former two-time box-to-row defensive player of the year, Javon Hargrave from South Carolina State, 
with another sack as the 49ers defeated the Giants 30 to 12. That audio, courtesy of KNBR, 680 AM, 104.5 FM. On the weekend edition of Box to Row, we'll catch up with Norfolk State head football coach Dawson Odoms. Box to Row, the radio show, can be heard weekly on radio stations across the country as well as on Sirius XM College Sports Radio Fridays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, and on Sirius XM Channel 142, Saturdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time to listen to the show for the HBCU coaches and media polls, or for more information, log on to BoxToRow.com. Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his third season as the head football coach of the Norfolk State Spartans. The Spartans coming off a win 21 to 14 last Saturday at Towson. Next up for the Spartans, North Carolina A&T at home. And prior to his three years at Norfolk State, he spent nine seasons as the head coach at Southern. Dawson Odoms joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Odoms, really appreciate the time. What's going on? Welcome back to the program. Oh, everything is going good. Just getting ready for another opportunity on Saturday against a very good North Carolina A&T team. The, the record is, is not what the team is, and the film shows that. So it'll be a tough test for us. But other than that, we're just game planning and getting ready for the next one. No doubt about it. Well, let's talk about the last one. We got a big-time win uh, over Towson. You rushed for close to 400 yards in that football game. Your thoughts on the way your team performed? Well, I thought we responded, and I think that's sort of kind of the roller coaster ride we've been on. Lose one, win one, lose one, win one. So we're trying to be more consistent, you know, have the discipline that it takes to execute so you can you can put back-to-back wins together. And it's going to be tough. Uh, we're going to play some physical football games through the first floor. I haven't uh, got to the bye week yet, and the football team will a little banged up, beat up, but we're going to have to wheel our way to victory on Saturday because A&T is not going to come in and feel sorry for us, so we'll have to play our best football. So we're looking forward to that challenge on uh, on Saturday. You know what's interesting? On one of the MEAC calls, one of the, it was just after you had lost uh, that, not, that uh, game to Virginia State, and one of the reporters asked you about is there – you know, would would this be maybe a loss to defi- to define your season, or would there be maybe a win that would happen, which could define the season? And you answered, "Well, we don't know that because it's so early in the season." Let me pose this to you: I thought the Hampton win for you guys was really, really big. Uh, number one, Hampton the week before had defeated Grambling, um, and then the the following, you know, the following week. Um, uh, uh, the, the following week also uh, defeated Howard. So, the, so, so for you to beat Hampton, that was a really, really big win. Uh, can I pose that question to you again? I mean, I know we still got some season to play, but, but my question is, could that Hampton game be a defining game uh, for, for this season? Well, I think the adversity that you was facing going into the Hampton game, uh, you know, we just had lost to 
still think if we get through the end of the non-conference season the way we think we capable of, of, of where we think we capable of being, then I think you could look at the first half for the season and better answer that question once the non-conference season is over. But we, we play in better. Uh, we play we play well against Hampton. Uh, other than some big plays we gave up, we moved the ball, we did some good things against Temple. And then we come back against Townsend and beat a really good Townsend football team. And the next thing you know is just we just haven't put it all together consistently. Uh, but we're, we're, we're a team of grit. we got a lot of grit with us and a competitive edge, and we're going to compete for those 60 minutes. And we lost some of these ball games a year ago, and now the ball is bouncing our way. But if we can be consistent, I think at the end of that non-conference schedule, you ask that question, and I think I'll be able to pinpoint a little bit more as we roll into conference play. Yeah, no, very fair. So what was the difference? Like, what was the difference? And again, you're right. I mean, I think a lot of people will look at that game and say, oh, you lost to a Division II team, although, I mean, that's a rivalry game. You guys have been doing that Labor Day Classic. Uh, with There's been some other teams, but with Virginia State for a long time. Uh, Virginia State, as you mentioned, is a very, very good uh, football team. So what? speak to the adjustments that were made to beat uh, what has turned out to this point to be a pretty good Hampton football team. I tell, I tell you what, we came into that Hampton game with you know, just we spent the whole week loving our guys, man. I think when you face adversity, a lot of people go the other way, but I choose to to love more and just coach better, teach better, and and just believe in them. Uh, and, but it's all about the script that you're writing. We're the authors of this book. And whatever they write is whatever we give them. And if we want to give them something good to write, then we have to perform at a high level. Uh, if we don't want to give them something to write, then we go out there and get beat. So it's, it's just understanding that that we control what people write and what people say about us by how we play. And we expect to play a certain way. We expect uh, Dawson Owens football team to play a certain way, and that's at a high level and compete at a high level. We have done that. We expect to be disciplined. I think if you look at our penalties, we're, we're somewhere between four, five, and six in the ball game, which gives you a chance to win. So our discipline is there. When you look at a Dawson Owens football team, you're going to see that discipline. And then when you look at it, you're going to say, okay, what does it look like? It looked like a team that willed itself to, to victory. They force turnovers. They protect the ball on offense. They can run the football. And you're starting to see some of those things come together, you know, as this season continues to go along. Uh, we got a tough one on Saturday, and if we can play consistent football and execute at a high level, then we feel like we're going to give ourselves a chance to win uh, against a good football team, record don't indicate it, a physical football team. And we'll find a lot about our football team on Saturday. Dawson Odoms in his third season as the head football coach at Norfolk State. He joins us here on Box to Row. I know really a lot of times on that MEAC call, you would place a major emphasis on speaking about uh, the weight room and guys uh, getting into the weight room. How was that off-season program? And, and I preface that by saying that, look, if you look at how you guys have run the football, I mean, you know, you're you're averaging almost 190 yards rushing 
uh, per game, which means at least it would suggest anyway that you're, you, you have maybe as a team gotten into that weight room and maybe specifically your offensive line group. Offensive line is one of the better units on on the team. Uh, they they come with the right juice. They play well. Uh, Coach Washington has done a great job of coaching those guys, and we return a lot of guys uh, that have played a lot of snaps. Uh, Baron Franks, uh, Evan Gregory, who's, who's been out for us. Uh, we hope to have him back real soon. And then you got B.J. Bird, who started for us as a true freshman. Now he's a sophomore. Samuel Estridge starting this year as a true freshman. And then you look at Garrison Wheatley, who's starting at center for us. And then Darrell McMillan, who's starting at guard. And he's probably our toughest offensive lineman. He's got that nastiness and grit. Uh, Evan Gregory is our emotional leader. So, I mean, they're a group that plays well together. They understand how good they are. And they know that they could be the best unit in the conference and one of the best units in LCS. And they come to work every day. And we could not be doing any of this without the hard work that they have put in and continue to just get better. So it all starts up front. Your quarterback, Otto Coons, what do you have in him? Uh, So far this year, seven touchdowns to just three interceptions. Well, he's taking care of the football, but the biggest thing is we got to get some more explosive plays in that passing game. And we think with running the football, people go try to load the box. We have some dynamic receivers. We just we just haven't been able to make the explosive play. Uh, Aaron Moore has a couple of touchdowns, and uh, Andre Pagese has some touchdowns. But we have some guys that can 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 flat out fly. Uh, you look at the last game, uh, Miles dropped a. Uh, Miles Walker dropped a touchdown for us, and, you know, he, he can just fly. And we got some slot receivers that can make plays. We just uh, – when Nody got behind some guys at Hampton, and, you know, he he, he dropped a, a big play. So we got guys that can make big plays, and we're just trying to be consistent in what we're doing. And if we can reach a level of consistency and belief, then – this could be a dangerous, dangerous football team as we get into BAC play. Dawson Odoms is the head football coach at Norfolk State, joining us for a couple of more moments here on Box to Row. How difficult Coach Odoms was last year, maybe for you personally, because, you know, when you look at your time at, at Southern, I mean, yeah, you came in uh, to that season after Stump Mitchell and really turned that program around, although it was a four and five uh, season, but that wasn't the whole season. But then your only really losing season as a as a head coach was last year. How difficult was that? Well, I, I say it would be difficult if you didn't know. We got in in May, and so I kind of figured that you know we didn't have a recruiting class, so you know twenty twenty two season was going to be very difficult without a recruiting class. And we brought in the class, and we brought in a lot of freshmen in that class and played a lot of those freshmen a year ago. So you're seeing some of those sophomores, and uh, and, and we don't have all of them out there this year. So it's just it's just trying to put your finger on getting the right guys out there. But our walk-ons have, have done a tremendous job of showing up and with the work ethic that we to us, it doesn't matter whether you walk on a scholarship guy. We're, we're going to try to play guys that's going to help us 
win football games by doing it the way, you know, we're asking them to do it. And guys are just stepping up. It's one of those seasons where people really don't know what we got. And you look at it and you say, well, you know, they're two and two and they're getting better every week. And that's all we want to do is put ourselves in position to get better every week and, and find a way to win football games. And we don't have to make them close. But we got enough talent on this football team to to really be in contention if we can just stay healthy and get healthy by the time we start conference play. Dawson Odoms, again, in his third season as the head football coach of Norfolk State. The Spartans are at home on Saturday hosting North Carolina A&T. Coach Odoms, really appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Spartans. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Behold, the green and gold. Dawson Odoms, the head football coach at Norfolk State. <clears throat> and you heard him say that perhaps there's still a lot of season left to play to this point. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, the victory over Hampton was was very, very big because it could have gone the wrong way. A lot of, a lot of talk about Norfolk State and losing to Virginia State, who again is a good football team because of the whole FCS and Division II element. Big win, then a big win last week against Towson, and looking forward to calling that game between A&T and Norfolk State. We'll be back. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here, right here. Aggie fans, North Carolina A&T football returns home for Community Appreciation Day on Saturday, October 7th against Villanova. Kickoff is at 4 p.m. Come out to Aggieland for free community services, including a flu shot clinic, health screenings, and a mobile mammogram unit. Purchase your tickets online at ncataggies.com and adhere to the clear bag policy. You can also call the ticket office at 336 334-7749. That's Saturday, October 7th at 4 p.m. NCANT versus Villanova. See you there, Aggie Pride. The others pretend. You're listening to the only sports talk show in America that actually cares what you've got to say. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Let's keep things moving here on Box to Row. You know, we got some big games this weekend in HBCU football. It is uh, week five is upon us. Of course, we've been talking about that here on the program. And we've got a big event that's happening. The HBCU tailgate tour. It's in its fifth year. And the founder uh, of the tour, I've known him well. He's a friend of mine. We go way uh, way back, as a matter of fact, Kenny Washington, who is the president of Leon Frank Agency. And we're going to talk about this HBCU tailgate. As a matter of fact, it's something we're going to do each and every week here on Box to Row. What's going on, Kenny? What's up, Don? How are you, man? Man, doing good. You, you Listen, man, it ceases to amaze me, man. You're rocking and rolling. Um, you've been rocking and rolling uh, in the HBCU space. I remember going back to the the pandemic, man. We were doing the, the the virtual tailgate tour with Terrence J and all of that. That was a lot of fun, man. So 
we can talk about the game this weekend, but tell us how this uh, the uh, tailgate tour came about and now in your fifth year of doing this. Yeah, man, great question, Donald. So as you said, we're in year five. So we launched back in 2019 primarily as a experiential celebration of HBCU culture. Man, and our goal has always been to enhance and elevate the game day experience for HBCU fans and campuses. Um, and we found out, we, you know, the best way to do that is to be a part of the tailgate scene and the tailgate atmosphere, which, as you know, and most HBCU fans know, that tailgate atmosphere and that tailgate scene is not just football. It's not just tailgating, but it's cultural infusion. It's family fun. It's exciting. It's truly a family reunion type atmosphere within the backdrop of college football. Um, so with the tailgate tour, we, we've been rocking since 2019 with awesome brands taking this three-hour tailgate celebration and party to different campuses. We've been to just over 20 campuses in the last five years. And this year, year five, will be our largest tailgate run. And we're headed to nine. Uh, we're launching this weekend at Clark Atlanta, so we're excited about it. No doubt I can remember your first year, 2019, the A&T and North Carolina Central game. You need partners to really do these things. And so uh, a couple of your partners, the Home Depot Retool, your school, Ballpark, uh, Mars, Wrigley, and Bushes. But let me ask you this. I think I think it's interesting because you're, the, as mentioned, the president of uh, Leon Frank Agency. And a lot of times when we see these sort of tours, we don't necessarily, not necessarily, I mean, sometimes, I guess, but black companies, like you're, this is a black company, you're the president, and you're able to make these things happen. Can you talk about that? Uh, you're a Hampton grad, so you're invested in this, but kind of speak to that and, you know, uh, being the president of this company that is going out and really getting this done. And, and again, uh, an experience for HBCU fans, but but as important, you're able to get the dollars to continue these type of events. Right. As you mentioned, you know, we have great partners and we've been blessed over the last five years to work with some of the best and biggest brands um, throughout the, the country. And those that truly invest not in HBC, not only in HBCU culture, but in college sports. You know, we launched back in 2019 with the likes of Nissan and Papa John's, and we've been blessed to partner with the likes of Chevy and Checkers and Rallies and Xfinity and Microsoft. But as you mentioned, this year, partnering with the Home Depot Retool Your School, um, which is an amazing initiative that's raised just over $9 million, you know, here in the recent years, um, and the likes of Ballpark. You know, we are blessed, we're fortunate, and we have seen and we've experienced the heightened interest from brands to be a part of HBCU culture um, that lends itself to investing not only in our tours and opportunities, but we've seen it across the board from great investments into the SWAC into the CIAA and MEAC and SIAC, which have all grown over the last four to five years. And then you see, you know, those investments trickling down to campuses, which, you know, you'll see throughout the years, certain campuses having amazing partnerships that come about so I think, you know, again, we're blessed to be a small black-owned company. Um, we're even more blessed to be a part of this culture, which has grown, and we hope to be a part of the further growth in it. No doubt about it. That's the voice of Kenny Washington. He is the president of Leon Frank 
agency. Of course, they put on the HBCU tailgate tour. This is the fifth year he joins us here on Boxer. Of course, they're going to be in uh, Atlanta on Saturday, the Lane and Clark Atlanta game. So listen, if you're there, I want you to come on out and enjoy uh, a lot of the festivities that they're going to have. Speak to those fest- uh, festivities a little bit, uh, Kenny, and what people can expect during the tailgate tour this Saturday at Clark Atlanta. Sure. And, and again, we are exactly what it sounds like. man. We are a tailgate production. And, and being in that tailgate space, of course, we've got tailgate games that fans can play from cornhole to pop a shot to football toss. You can win prizes. You can win everything from gift cards to prize cornhole sets. Um, so we've got great prizes. We've got great games. Of course, being in the HBCU space, we, we're integrating with each campus partner, and Clark Atlanta, the Panthers, are awesome. So we'll have the band out there. We'll have cheer. We'll have mascots. Um, we're really there to interact and engage with not only students but alumni um of course a part of the culture is music um and food so of course you can eat for free while you're there courtesy of ballpark we'll have some hot dogs out there wait wait, wait a minute wait, wait a minute Ken. i don't mean to interrupt you what do you say eat for free yeah yeah of course of course again we are there to elevate enhance the the experience for fans so great partners like bush's baked beans and ballpark will have you know be there complimentary of the HBCU tailgate tour. And then we, when we go further down the line um, into the fall, you'll see the likes of Wendy's out there. We'll be doing some really cool things with the new Frosties that are launching this fall. So we're excited about it. Man, I look, I'm going to be, I wish I could be a bit free hot dogs, free break beans. Listen, if you're in Atlanta, you need to get on down to Clark Atlanta this Saturday. As a matter of fact, the Lane and Clark Atlanta game. And I mean, that should be a solid football game. But look at this. This HBCU tailgate tour should be super exciting. And we're talking with Kenny Washington. He's the president of Leon Frank Agency uh, who puts on this HBCU tailgate tour. We, we talk about Saturdays, uh, Kenny, but at, I mean, at the end of the day, you're also doing uh, events on Friday, campus takeovers, student pet rallies, and recruiting fairs. Right. So we're partnering, again, with a number of campuses. And at certain campuses, not only do we bring a tailgate celebration on a Saturday, but opportunities to engage further with students on those Fridays. So you will see that throughout the tour, um, not only just recruiting, but pep rallies, and really being a part of the campus vibe and the campus environment is our goal. So as we get into October and later on into early November, we'll be doing that on select campuses. And we'll keep you all posted. As you said, Donald, we'll be talking and sitting down with you every week. So as we get further in, we'll let all the fans know what to expect at each stop. No doubt about it. The Bethune-Cookman homecoming, that North Carolina, Central South Carolina State matchup on a Thursday night. Uh, later in the season is going to be really, really good. Last thought, Kenny, we appreciate the time. What, um, you know, what else do you want people to know either about the HBCU tailgate as a whole or the event specifically this Saturday at Clark Atlanta in Atlanta? Yeah, we'll be at Panther Stadium from 11 a.m. to 2. Um, and you'll notice throughout the tour, we are always running in that tailgate time frame that leads up to kickoff. So fans can come enjoy the festivities, the games, the food, and then head right on into the stadium for the game. So we'll be there at Panthers Stadium again from 11 to 2 this Saturday. Uh, come out and enjoy, have fun, um, cheer on the Panthers, cheer on Lane, 
We're excited to launch, you know, this year in Atlanta, um, which is a great HBCU environment, a great college football environment. So, again, we'll be connected with you each week, Donald, and we appreciate you and what Box to Row has always done and what you all have built for the culture of HBCU sports. Appreciate that, Kenny. Again, Kenny Washington, he's the president of Leon Frank Agency who puts on the HBCU tailgate tour. This is the fifth year of the tour. It's a wonderful event. I've had a chance to be out, so you need to come on out again this Saturday at Clark Atlanta between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. And, of course, Lane and uh, Clark Atlanta are going to meet on the gridiron on Saturday in Atlanta at Panther Stadium. Uh, Of course, Kenny, appreciate the time, man. We look forward to talking with you next week. You got it, man. Thanks, Donald. Talk soon. So if you happen to be in Atlanta, maybe you're not necessarily a football fan per se, but you want some HBCU experience, then you want to be at Clark Atlanta on Saturday between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. to check out the HBCU tailgate tour. Thank you to Kenny Washington for joining us on the program to talk a little bit more about the tailgate tour. So you've got Lane and Clark Atlanta playing, and you you got some games uh, uh, this weekend. You know, I'm interested in seeing Allen's at home against Fort Valley State. Allen is putting its undefeated record on the line against a good Fort Valley State team uh, that I expect will challenge for the SIAC championship. So I'm interested to see how the Yellow Jackets uh, play in that game. Tennessee State, a week off after a big win against Gardner-Webb going back two weeks ago, uh, now ranked in, or not now, but number four in the HBCU coaches poll, uh, is going to be on the road at UT Martin. Again, that's an old OVC rivalry. You have the combination of the Big South and OVC conference uh, as it is now. So that's a game uh, to watch out for the Grambling State Prairie View A&M game. Uh, the HBCU uh, National Game of the Week. Grambling State has put together a couple of back-to-back wins. Meanwhile, Prairie View A&M, again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, has a leg up 2-0 in conference play. Uh, This game is in Grambling, Louisiana. Uh, Should be a phenomenal football game. I'm sure they're expecting a pretty nice-sized crowd there uh, in Grambling for that football game which uh, could go some ways in determining uh, the Western Division Championship although we have a a good ways to go and then you know another game out of conference game I'm really looking at North Carolina Central and Campbell Campbell's got a really good football team Campbell defeated the Eagles last year Campbell returns the game to Durham uh, and interested in seeing how uh, that game plays out my time is about up I thank you for yours. Thank you to Dawson Odoms, the head football coach at Norfolk State. Also, Kenny Washington, president of Leon Frank Agency, for joining us today here on Box to Row. For more information on the program, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.